You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. Hello and welcome to the Cell Phone Junkie. My name is Mickey Papillon and this is show number 40. We've got a questions and comments show for you today. Two voicemails and nine emailed questions and comments that we're going to go through here in the next 45 minutes. But before we get started, I want to introduce my co-host Joey. How you doing today, Joey? Doing well this morning. Well, good. Good to have you on the show today. We're going to start out here with a voicemail that came into us from Rob in Nebraska. And Rob has some comments on the Trio 750. Hey, Mickey and Matt. This is Rob. Uh, I'm in Nebraska, and I'm calling you right now on my 700WX on the Sprint Network. I just got done listening to show number 36, the question and answer show and heard that nobody called in, so I thought I'd give you a ring. Um, I had a comment about the uh, 700 or 750 uh, Trio that's having problems going in and out of the um, UMTS and the EDGE networks, and um, I know that the UMTS or some sort of variation supports uh, data and voice simultaneously, and so I'm wondering if the phone um, is transmitting data while he's on the phone, and then when it goes over to Edge, um, that functionality is no longer there, and that's what's kicking him off if the data takes priority over the voice. Just a thought. Um, Really like the show. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, thanks, Rob, for your question. We certainly appreciate, or your comments, actually, as they are there. Um, You know, Joey, he brings up a good point that – I guess we, we kind of thought may have been the issue, but it all feels like speculation at this point. When that 750, that trio, is on the UMTS network and then switches to Edge, do you think maybe that data takes priority and that's what kicks the voice call off? I guess we don't really have an answer, and you know we've done some searching and haven't seen anything. It's very possible for that to be the case. Uh, you would think they would have tested that beforehand, but you never know how extensive their testing was and if they possibly could have missed that. But, you know, it could be, of course, a million different things going on in the phone and the radios but uh, hopefully they've got a fix in the works because obviously many people have had this problem if you do some uh, web searching you'll discover this pretty quickly that this is a major problem so I hope they get a uh, fix out pretty soon for everybody well and you bring up a good point is that when we look at yeah you do a search for trio 750 drop calls you've got all these different web posts and blog posts uh, reviews by a number of the different big guys out there who have essentially no answer for it. And so, anyway, thanks very much, Rob, for sending in your thoughts on that because you you may have hit something on the head there that it could be switching from the edge and that just takes the priority on the data. So There's another scarier thing about that is if since there is not a patch out yet, and obviously they probably are aware of the problem right now, there could be a bigger issue. Like there could actually be a radio problem, a hardware problem, where they may have to swap out actual handsets depending on how big of a problem this is. Now, that could be very well, too. I wonder what the what the the process would be for something like that. Is it is it just a whole new device and it's just a mass recall and they make you send in your device and you get a new one? Or if it's something where you can just pop in to one of the local singular 
center AT&T centers and they you know do some some modifications to the device cuz that yeah that could be that could be a little dicey especially if you're without a phone for a while yeah it would most likely be the whole phone would have to be replaced cuz i i doubt uh probably the main board if it would be the uh, have to be a replacement the main board would have to be replaced and that's probably way above the technical expertise of a uh, at a store very true well the next voicemail here is from Jesse in South Carolina and Jesse has some questions about the Alltel network. Hi, guys. My name is Jesse Schaefer from South Carolina, and uh, I just started listening to your podcast. My first episode was your last episode, uh, 36. But uh, I was just calling because I've been trying to get someone to answer me about this. On the Alltel thing, they say that they, and on their logo, they said that they're America's largest wireless network. But according to a recent article from Engadget, it's actually that they are the they are America's smallest actual planned network, followed shortly by I mean followed by uh, Virgin Mobile and Trackphone. I was just calling to see if you could do if you could tell me something about that. Uh, love the show. Thanks. Well, thanks very much, Jesse, for for calling in. We certainly appreciate that. You're talking about uh, an article that Engadget posted uh, back about Altel's largest network, and I'll, I'll go ahead and post that in the show notes. And one thing I want to bring up here is I want to read to everybody what the claim is and what, if you go to the Altel website, what exactly they're saying. Based on analysis by an independent research company in January of 2007, which compared marketed coverage patterns at at the time of their creation of each wireless carrier carrier without allowance for variations due to electrical interference, customer equipment, topography, and each carrier's translation and define preferences of their own internal engineering data. <laughs> that is what they're basing their largest network claim off of. So you pop over and you take a look at the article that's posted on there on Engadget, and it's pretty neat. They've got a number of different maps that show you, hey, this is what Altel has, this is what Altel's native coverage is. This is what Sprint has. This is what Singular has. And this is what T-Mobile has. And this is what Verizon has. So one thing that is very clear in, in these maps, especially with Altel and Verizon, is that what they have for native coverage is a lot smaller than what they have for their total coverage. And so that leads to one thing, and that's roaming. And the comment that I will make here to you, Jesse, and while we don't really have a, a great answer to say that Altel, yes, is the largest or no, they aren't the largest, is that with any of these carriers that that use the other people's networks, it's going to be very transparent to the user. And in this day and age, pretty much everybody is allowing roaming for free. You're not paying for it. So I wouldn't put a whole lot of thought into it. It'd be kind of nice to know who has per square mile the most coverage, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about it. I know my phone works in a whole lot of areas around the country and, you know, Joey is the same thing. He's got Sprint, which has a, it doesn't have a huge network, but they've got roaming partners, you know, all over the place. So their, their coverage is great. Yeah, really. It's, it, the roaming should be transparent. Obviously, in, in many cases, it's completely free, you know, unless you're on like an analog network. If your phone still supports that, but really, it it again, it comes down to what we've talked about many times before. Is you know, it comes down to what your service is, how quality, how much quality you get out of your service, depending on what area you're in. So, 
even though Altel may be the the nation's largest, you know, you usually don't travel the entire nation and run into you know difficulty uh, for the most part these days. So you really have to base it on personal preference um, again. But uh, yeah, even if Altel's you know native map is nothing like their actual coverage based on roaming, it, it it's based on roaming really. I mean, that's their network. Uh, you can't say that their their actual footprint is tiny which means that they really don't have a large network. It's not true. Well, and you take a look at if we, you know, t pop over to this link if you want to to see what we're talking about. But especially with states like Montana, they're showing that they have native coverage everywhere, every square inch of Montana. And I have a feeling that really isn't the case. You know, they're they're just saying we've got towers maybe that could potentially give coverage in each of these areas. But when it comes down to it, there's a lot of mountainous areas. And so obviously we're going to have spots that aren't going to work real well. Yeah, I think all of the uh, fine print on every single coverage map actually says this is not an indication of actual coverage. It's just what they say could there could be coverage, I guess. Yes. It's not not real world. So, but anyway, again, thank you very much for Jesse for sending in. That's a that's a great one to talk about the the discussion for for the ages, I guess, on who has the who has the biggest network. Yeah. Okay. Next, we've got a question from Brian. Brian says, "Hi, Mickey. Hope you're doing well. I must apologize in advance that work has kept me so busy. I have a bunch of cell phone junkie episodes to catch up on." A quick question. A friend of mine is a heavy voice user, about 4,000 minutes per month, but is getting into data use. He's a contractor who frequently is in his truck and at job sites with his notebook computer. He wants to get emails and to open attachments like house drawings that architects have sent him. He's thinking of getting the Trio 700W. Any thoughts? Thanks, Brian. Well, Brian, thanks for writing in. First, we have to say that the 700W is a pretty nice phone, but if I was going to recommend a Pocket PC Trio uh, to him, and I'm guessing he's on Verizon as he's looking at the W, go with the WX. The 700WX was released back uh, in February, and it is a basically identical phone to the 700W, but has two times the memory, which will make it a lot more stable than the 700W. Now, on, on to your topic here. My thought is that it's really going to kind of depend on the types of files that this person is looking to open with the phone. Well, he can easily open PDF files with the viewer that's built on. If he is getting CAD files, which could be uh, is probably what it is with the architectural drawings that he's getting sent, uh, he's either going to need to do one of two things. Number one, there are a number of CAD viewers that are out there, and they range in price from... Uh, uh, you know, less than $100 all the way up to $500 that you can install on your pocket PC device, which, um, you know, for what it's worth, maybe may be worth it to him, may not. The other option is to, you said he's got a laptop, go get a, a, a card that he can pop into his laptop, the, the PCI card that he can put in there, and will be give him full data access on, you know, one of the EVDO or HSDPA networks. And uh, Joey, you also mentioned what may be a good option for him would be to go with the UMPC devices. Yeah, that's right. Uh, those ultra-small laptops, they're obviously just as powerful as uh, pretty much any laptop you can get. Uh, if you have big fingers, the keyboards are a little bit harder to operate, but uh, if that's not a problem for you, they're ultra-light, weighing in at uh, less than three pounds. I think there are a lot of them are like two, two and a half pounds. So those are a, a great option to have for ultra-portability. Well, and quite honestly, too, if he's looking for really more full function, you can get, obviously, full Windows XP 
yep. on any of those. And not to mention a bigger screen, which for drawings, I, I would think I would have a hard time on a trio trying to, you know, depict what we're trying to figure out here. In a but I mean, you know, I guess if you're out in the field, that's, that's a good option for you. It'd be great to hear from any contractors that are out there right now that are using these you know yeah if there is somebody who's actually using a uh, you know they may the viewers may be uh you know designed real nice for ultra mobile you know ultra mobile for windows mobile where you can pull up the dimensions that you need and the, they may be designed so it's actually usable for what you need in the field you know uh, where it be dimensions or angles or something like that where you don't actually need to see it uh see the information you know like see the drawing as much as you need the actual specs off the drawing Sure. Next, we've got a, a comment here from Joseph. And Joseph says, we heard you're doing a, sh you're a show here on prepaid. And I've got a few things to run past you. Hope you can put them in some sort of order so uh, they can be digested. He says, first of all, regarding prepaid GSM outside the U.S., because GSM is so flexible, it's easy to go to just about any country. And for a few dollars, you can have the local account in that country with a prepaid SIM. In many instances, you can easily get a local prepaid in Europe, for example, for 10 euros or even less, and get a local number and even some starter time thrown in with the deal. Generally, these cards can be found in many different places overseas, such as newsstands or corner stores. You can get foreign prepaid accounts in the States from companies such as Telestial. Uh, the disadvantage of using companies like them is that the for the convenience, you're going to pay a premium where you could get a local prepaid package for 10 euros they may charge you 40 or 50 dollars for the same or similar amount so if you're a savvy shopper you can save some money with just a little bit of planning and of course uh, you do need to have an unlocked phone that you can throw a sim card in and he goes on and he had had some great points uh, you know for those of you that have been listening we spent uh, podcast number 37 talking all about prepaid and what I liked was that Joseph really hit on a lot of the points that we talked about in the show. So it was nice to hear, you know, things like uh, the fact that we were talking about the gold accounts with T-Mobile and you could go in and uh, if you buy, spend a hundred dollars, you get the certain status and you get a cheaper, you know, rate on the minutes and stuff like that. So it was, it was, uh, it was a, a very well thought out response. So I really appreciate Joseph taking the time to write into us. So yes, it was very good. Uh good uh, email he sent there absolutely yep next we've got a question here from micah and micah says i read this article and the article he's referring to is uh, a petition uh to bring back buttons and he says i got to thinking about the future of phone input with the popularity of the blackberry trio lg nv blackjack and dash and now with the iphone lg prada uh, the two hot trends these days are QWERTY and touchscreen input. Are the days of the 12-key cell phone numbered? I personally think they are because of the emergence of mobile broadband and the need for easy text input. The 10 keypad is still too cumbersome uh, for English places uh, that don't use the lat use Latin. Uh, a writing pen is still preferred. Have a nice weekend. I'm looking forward to the show. Uh, my comment to Micah is that I honestly think that as we continue on, we're going to see more and more people who are going to be preferring not only a phone that has maybe a full, fuller keypad on it, like uh, the BlackBerry, the Trios, you know, the Windows Mobile-based devices, but with something like 
the iPhone, and I know the iPhone, we, I've, we got another comment about that, about the iPhone coming up here, is a device that really is customizable. You can put a full QWERTY keyboard on the screen, or you can use the whole screen. So you really, you've got the whole, the whole thing with real estate, and what you're able to use or not use the, the screen for is completely up to you at that point. Yeah, we have a whole, it's kind of a, a fashion trend right now to go to the touch screen and to go to the fancy, you know, and it, of course we'll be even more influenced by the uh, iPod uh, phone coming out, or the iPhone. The, um, I don't know how long lived that will be. Like, I have a feeling the 12 key cell phone pad will be back. I don't know when, but I think it will be. It just same way like uh, PCs, they keep trying to have the touch screen and the, the, the tablet PC. And it just never takes off because the user interface just is not, it's, it's not as usable as the regular keyboard and mouse. And, you know, eventually somebody will come up with a better UI, but it may take a while. And there's always going to be some users of these different input systems because, you know, they maybe you know, they prefer those. But uh, I think they'll be back eventually, but uh, don't look for them anytime soon. They'll be out of fashion. <laughs> I got to say, I, I'm really... Uh, excited about seeing some of these newer designs that are out there. You look at some of these these phones that are basically just a big screen, and they're pretty they're pretty decent. I I hope that they can like you like Joey said with the user interfaces as those get better that they'll uh, you know they'll bring in some different some different functionality um, you know. But yeah, you never know. Are we going to see the 12 keypad again? Probably. Yeah, it's the tip of the iceberg as far as the user interfaces go with these touch screens because. I have a touchscreen on my phone, and still to this day, people are like, wow, that's a touchscreen as I'm, you know, working on the screen. And they haven't even seen that yet. I'm like, wow, this phone is like six years old. Uh, this is old news. But again, it's not really in the mainstream cell phones yet. And, um, you know, compared to, compared to my phone, the new phones have just infinite more uh, computing power. So they are faster, and they can do more quicker. So the actual interface they'll be able to design much better interfaces and they may be able to replace the 12, you know, 12 key cell phone pads. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. Next is a question and a comment from Scott. He says, Mickey and all just wanted to comment on the audio from last weekend's show. It was absolutely brilliant, nice and clear. And I don't have to keep adjusting my volume on my MP3 player when Matt and Joey are speaking. Can you tell, tell me what you actually did to improve the audio? Are you guys using a Skype connected to a mixer of some kind? Also, any chance of you guys talking about the new Sync Center in Windows Vista? I just bought a new Dell laptop, and my understanding is you can't use ActiveSync on Windows Vista anymore. I'd be interested in hearing from you regarding this. Keep up the good work uh, with the show, and I'll report back when I've tried the new Windows Mobile Center in Vista. Thank you very much, Scott. Certainly appreciate the comments on the show quality. It is going to be a process as we as we move along here. We'll figure out what works and, and what doesn't. You know, we've started to create what I consider more of a professional sounding show. And with the content that we have, I think, you know, it's it's a home run. I mean, it's really, really going pretty well. What we did was we switched it from basically having a Skype conversation and recording that audio stream to a 
basically we each reco record our own audio stream mixed together and then we cr basically creates a sound of each person being in the same room where we're actually all across the country. We do still use Skype to talk back and forth to each other, but that is simply just to, to for the conversation. Other than that, we're recording locally, uh, then all the, the audio is mixed together. So it's working pretty well. About the, the new Windows Mobile Device Center and Vista, I know there are people out there that have been having problems with it, so keep that in mind. I don't have any experience with it yet, however, you are correct that ActiveSync is, is gone. It is no longer part of, of the new Windows operating system. The Windows Mobile Device Center is the new ActiveSync, so keep that in mind. I've got a couple links here that I'll put in the show notes. One is to the directly to the Microsoft link, the Windows Mobile Device Center link at Microsoft.com. And the other one is from Julie over at Gear Diary. Julie is uh, uh, does a great site over there. She's had it up. Just passed over her one-year anniversary with that site, so congrats to her on that. Anyway, she had some issues uh, with her Windows Mobile Device Center getting it to work with Vista, and uh, had actually a solution here. So good luck and, and take care. Have fun with that. Uh, you know, it's always fun to play with a new operating system. I don't know, uh, even even if I do, when I go to upgrade to Vista, if I'm going to be using that, I don't use ActiveSync uh, as a local client. I do all my syncing over Exchange. So, um, But anyway, thank you very much for writing in. Joey, you got any... Any words of wisdom or anything you want to add to that? I don't because I'm not even familiar with ActiveSync or Windows Vista yet. I have a copy supposedly coming from Dell, but we'll see when that shows up. Maybe I'll install it. Maybe I won't. Yeah, if you can, uh, if you've got anyone in your office who uses a Windows mobile device, that'd be be interesting to see what uh, you know what the interaction is. Because yeah, like I said, I've heard of a number of issues with people getting that up and running. You know. Yeah, it's a it's. Vista is a major change, so it's a major overhaul from XP. So we'll see how they uh, they get the integration tied in here. But they'll get it they'll get it soon enough. It may not be smooth here for the first month or two, but they'll they'll get it worked out. Yep. Another question here from Micah. Micah says, one thing you didn't talk about in your discussion of prepaid was how much data costs on prepaid. I bet it's expensive, but I don't know. Thanks again, Micah. Well, we took a look here at just a couple of, of the different uh, providers that are out there, and we looked at Virgin Mobile and T-Mobile, uh, the T-Mobile to-go prepaid service. And just as a point of reference, on Virgin Mobile, they have a couple of, of different options. You can either get a day pass or a monthly pass. And the day pass is 24 hours of access, up to 500 kilobytes of, of use, which they're saying is about uh, 50, or, uh, 50 web pages, and you can get that for a dollar. So a uh, dollar for a day, basically. Their monthly pass is 30 days of access, up to five megabytes of data for 4.99. So keep in mind, you're going to be using uh, if you're going to be using this for higher amounts of data, this is probably not right for you. But then again, if you're looking at prepaid as an option, you're probably again not going to be looking to uh, be using a ton of data. But five megabytes is is typically more than enough for text-based email. Uh, if you're you know going into heavy graphics and stuff like that with with your phone you're gonna eat it through that really really quick you can't obviously do any streaming of music or or video or anything like that because that'll go through it quick as well but um, anyway so those are the options for for Virgin Mobile the T-Mobile side of things comes with uh, it's a little bit more difficult to to figure out the only thing that T-Mobile really talks about or advertises is with the sidekick and with the sidekick, they talk about get unlimited email, web browsing, uh, 
instant messaging and text messaging for a dollar a day. So basically $30 a month is what that is. So um, it's not, not really much of a, much of a deal. I, I, I don't know, Joey, I know you guys have a, a prepaid T-Mobile account, but you don't have obviously a sidekick, so you can't use that. No, I did a little bit more research on this uh, actually a couple weeks ago. The sidekick plan is uh, it's $30 a month, as you said, and uh, com- uh, in contrast to the Virgin Mobile, which is a dollar the day that you use it for 24 hours, the the T-Mobile to go sidekick plan is actually $30 every day, even if you're not using it. So it's basically like having a $30 a month plan, but it's really, you're still not in a contract. So it's still, it's still a, a better deal in that regard. And $30 a month for a data unlimited data plan is actually a spectacular deal. Um, sidekicks are very, very popular. And the, and normally, uh, from the people I know of, um, they don't ever use their sidekick for voice. It's, it's just a data phone that it's a wonderful interface. So look into that if you're curious on data. Um, also, I know Virgin Mobile, they're, they've got a very good service through Sprint. And uh, one thing you probably wouldn't end up being able to do, Mickey, as you mentioned, like streaming audio and viewing graphic-intensive web pages, because I think all their phones are locked down, so you can only use the phone as the actual browser themselves. It's not like the GSM network where you can put it in an unlocked GSM phone and use uh, any phone you want or tethered or Bluetooth or whatever. But uh, I'll go on a little bit further about the data for T-Mobile to go with a regular cell phone. Uh, T-Mobile to go does not offer data access on their regular phone plans. Uh, they do have their service called T-Zones, and you have limited access to some horoscopes, some trivia games, some CNN. Uh, there's a limited selection of things you can browse, and it's completely free. So it's unlimited, free. It's a great deal for what, you, you know, it, you're getting a little bit, but you, da- you can't access email or a lot of other services. Um, you basically are just limited to what T-Mobile will give you. Um, hopefully that changes in the future where they do a, a data plan like Virgin Mobile. Maybe it'll be uh, corresponding with their release of their higher speed data network. Can only hope, but uh, we'll see where that goes from them. But their T-Mobile is pretty la- is pretty lacking on the data right now. I, you know, one thing when I look at T-Mobile is, is just that they are they are lacking on data. They have <clears throat> they have an edge implementation, which is fine. I mean, it works, but in in 2007 when everyone else is looking at you know 700 you know kilobits a second a megabit 1.2 megabits per second and they're still going yeah we can get you to 100 kilobits <laughs> you know it's time to it's time to kick it up a notch and hopefully 2007 is the year for them to get that hsdpa or at least a umts connection rolled out it's it's time yeah it is next we've got a comment uh, and a site from a, a writer uh, who goes by the name of Bitter Mormon. And I'm not going to comment on the name. <laughs> As we go here, he says, I was listening to your most recent podcast last night where you discussed prepaid plans and some other benefits. You guys were complaining that the phone companies don't warn you when you're close to your limit, uh, as if they don't want more of your money. Uh, well, the cell companies may not warn you, but www.watchmycell.com claims to. I haven't looked into it too much, but I figured you guys might be interested. Keep up the good work, and stop talking about the iPhone. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make a comment on that. 
I'm not going to stop talking about the iPhone because it's not out yet, and there's a lot of news that's out there. So uh, unfortunately, you gotta you got to hear about it at least for the next three or four months as uh, as we build the excitement towards the release of it. But uh, on to the, 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 the main premise of that email, and watchmysell.com actually is a pretty neat-looking service. I didn't have time to, to add it in here. In fact, it looks like they just added Verizon uh, support to it. Uh, with a lot of bug fixes and stuff, but basically this is how it works. Um, you download an application onto your computer and it will basically, you set it up so with your account and that application checks your online account with Sprint, Verizon, T-Mobile, whoever it is, and it will uh, every three hours and it will let you know when you're about to run out of minutes by sending you either a text message or an email and it, it looks pretty decent I I haven't like I said have not had a chance to play with it yet they say it's safe they say all your information is saved on your desktop and it's transmitted uh, over a uh, 1024 bit encryption SSL uh, so that's as safe as basically they're saying it gets and they're not storing any information on their databases so there's nothing to worry about there their spyware adware and malware free site and uh, you know looks looks kind of interesting I like I said haven't had a chance to try it but it's something yeah it is that's that's great to have that option I, is there a cost or is it free no, it is free. It they say, you know, why not? You know, as they say, they want to stick it to the man, but not you. So you get it for free. There are no ads, no Big Brother, no adware, you know, none of that kind of stuff. So he does have, looks like a place where you can donate, which pretty much everybody you know does who does the the free services. So mm -hmm. of course, if you this is something that you like and you want to keep it working, that's something you can do. You can donate to him. Great. Next, we have a comment, or I should say multiple comments, from Seamus. And unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of this, or I should say a good portion of it, is directed at Matt, who is uh, obviously not on the call here today. And comment, or Seamus says, I'm sorry, but this is going to be a little bit harsh. Uh, Matt, you need to look a little bit deeper before you go off on your rants. Singular still offers one-year contracts, not on the website, but in the stores. You can always upgrade your phone. You just have to pay it. You have to, have to pay the cost. At the moment, the wireless industry is the most competitive in the world. Uh, they are paying millions to gain a tenth of a percent of the market. Uh, will all that? With all the cutthroat experiences, they can't subsidize phones every month. You have a false idea that you should get a deal on a phone. The other problem is that is that the best fixture features only get at best 12% penetration within the first six months. So you can't subsidize a phone for a 12% of people that will pay for the new feature that the phone provides. Also, credit checks are soft, which does not lower your score. Finally, if you have your own phone or want to buy one for cost, then with Singular, you can get on a no contract plan. It takes more work to do it, but you can. The wireless industry is not out to screw you or to put you on a contract, but if you come in with the idea that you should get a phone for free or at low cost, that has to be made up. The only way with that is with the contract. Also, a contract is a contract. You are legally obligated, much in the way you are with a car loan or a house payment would work. I'm not a fan of the carriers. I think that consumers need advocates to help them navigate the industry. But there are false mindsets out there, and the idea that you deserve a deal on a phone is one that is the biggest. It devaluates the devalues the phones, and it gives people the false idea that their negligence 
is the carrier's responsibility. Sorry about the poor spelling on on it. I meant to hear spell check. I meant to hit spell check. Um, and then he has one final comment on the merger. From what we have seen, there is no need to get rid of rollover uh, to get the unlimited calling to AT&T landlines. That is what they're telling us right now. It could change. Thanks for the great show. Keep up the great work. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer my comment to you, Joey, because you actually um, you responded to this here and uh, had some had some great comments yourself on on some of the things that he mentioned in there. No, I appreciate uh, Seamus's email. It's great to have um, somebody you know listening and really you know trying to take the uh, you know take the show into consideration and really you know you know argue his point. And he does make great points. Um, you know, the credit checks on the phones, which I'm going to start with here, some of them may be soft, some of them may not be. I suppose uh, the best thing to do is ask the, the customer representative you're talking to. They may or may not know, or they may not tell you the right answer, but um, they may do soft pulls. Um, I, I, I found some information that says they don't, but it's it probably depends on the carrier themselves. It's just something to, to watch out for with anything that you sign up for, you know, like credit cards at stores, whatever. But moving on, um, yeah, the website, I did mention that the uh, the two-year contracts were available exclusively on the website, nothing less. Um, but uh, it, that's great. You can go to the Singular store and get a, 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 a shorter contract. If you're thinking about going to Singular, definitely go there and uh, see what you can do to get that shorter contract. Um, and I I agree with Seamus about... about you know, making the phone so cheap, you know, to to try to get the customer to purchase these phones, but by extending the contracts, I really kind of agree with them that the reason we have these long, long contracts now is because people's you know resistance or reluctance to pay big money for a cell phone out out of the gate. But they do want the latest and greatest feature-packed phone that does your dishes for you. For $20, it's not realistic. I mean, these devices are probably the most sophisticated devices you carry around with you and use the latest in battery technology and the latest in processor technology. And it, it seems like people want them for nothing. And they have to be built so durable to last, I mean, day after day after day, opening and closing and, you know, everything else. And they want them for free, and that's just not realistic. Um so I definitely agree with Seamus on his uh, on his opinions there. Yeah, he's got he does bring up some great points. You know, he mentions too that the you know the customers could use some advocates in the to navigate the industry. Absolutely, that is one of and and to hop on my soapbox for a minute. That's one of my biggest things is making sure that you when you go out there and you make the decision to enter into a contract or even to just start shopping, that you take the time to navigate everything that's out there. And part of what we do here is to try and help the people that are out there that are listening to the show do that. And I know a lot of people uh, are, you know, the enthusiasts and, and know what they want, and that's fine. But maybe you guys can help out the people who don't know. And that's really what it's all about. Because if we can if we can just touch you know a few people and help a few people out in making their decisions that's really what it comes down to and and i know Seamus, i know you work in the industry and i know you you deal with it every day and you get the people that come in probably a lot like you know some of matt's comments have been well why can't i get this phone for free you're offering me this phone over here for free and and so you you know it better than we do absolutely i i have a little bit more to say on that just just 
just as a short note, but I think maybe a lot of consumers don't understand what they're getting as far as the phone goes, the the actual expense of the phone, you know, that it is the latest and greatest phone. You know, they don't understand that this is actually, you know, the technology is expensive um, and they think it should be cheaper. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's almost shame on the wireless industry for not really getting the education out on what the consumer is getting for their high-priced phones. Um, you know, presently, uh, the PDA phones are the, the most expensive ones, and they're still commanding the $600, which is probably what they're actually worth. If you were to just purchase one, you know, from the manufacturer, it would probably cost you that. And I also wanted to mention, as far as finding research uh, for what you should do as a consumer, hit Google and type for, you know, search for forums of users like SprintUsers.com. It's a great resource to to learn about the actual workings of the carrier once you're a customer. Uh, many people on there post their experiences and what they have problems with and um, what plans are available that aren't published. Uh, there's, you know, I learned about retention plans on the Internet before I called up Sprint wanting to cancel. And I learned that they had you know, this plan and this plan and this plan for this many dollars, this many dollars with this, with these features. And when I talked to him and they offered me those plans, I already knew what he was going to offer me. So I already had my decision, you know, made what I wanted to accept. And what's interesting is that they don't offer the same plan to everybody on their retention services. And it, it just depends how long you're a customer, what your payment history is. And it's nice to have that knowledge before going into it. Um, and, and especially before you sign the contract to see actually what customer response people get. So I'm sure there's Verizon forums. Uh, I know I think there's something called howardforums.com that has just everything cell phone related. And that's where I learned a lot about the T-Mobile to go service. And just, there's just, there's so much information on the web. I, I can't stress enough uh, to, to search the web before you jump into a phone even. And, and what people have problems with phones, like the, the trio 700 WX, uh, you know, dropping the connection. So Mm-hmm. Look, yep. look into the web. It's worth it's it's worth it. And and I will I'll throw in those links there for Sprint users and and Joey, you're right. Howard Forums is probably the biggest forum out there for sailor information. And my personal favorite is Wireless Advisor. I've been a member of WirelessAdvisor.com for probably the last five years or so, and spent quite a bit of time on there helping people out. And uh, so those are those are probably the big ones that will will be able to get you. Get you in the right direction. Great. Next, we've got a question here from a, a listener that goes by R. Duran. And he says, hey, Mickey, I'm trying to make some sense of all the rumors. Is there any insight that you can provide to the good old number five's fate? He's talking about Altel. Verizon is going to launch its own live TV tomorrow, March 1st, and Altel already has it. So so now I don't know what to think. Thanks. Love the show. Um my comment to him is that, you know, honestly, what you're seeing out there right now is what you're what exactly what you said. They're rumors. I think that the ones that are that are going around may have some credibility. You know, we've been hearing for the last 2 years that Verizon is going to going to buy Altel or they're going to have a merger, whatever it is. But until we actually see something come out from one of those parties, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. I've got a link here to a story that was released back on the 25th of February about Verizon being ready to snatch up Altel, and it uh, it kind of talks about you know it's you know the it's 
it would make sense that they're both CDMA providers. They both have EVDO networks. Verizon obviously is the number two carrier. Picking up 15 million subscribers from Altel would, you know, boost them into the number one slot by about 10 million subscribers. So I don't know that that's really what they're going after right now. One comment that I will make on this, and this is solely uh, something that may have been an issue in the past, but not going forward. And I'm not sure how this would be. And it, this is all speculation still. But Altel and Verizon, especially here in the Western United States, were both the original, or at least own the original spectrum from the 800 megahertz band. Here in Arizona, Altel is the A-side provider and Verizon is the B-side provider. And what that would mean would be through a merger, while I can take my Verizon phone right now and I can switch over to the A-side provider and basically start making calls on the Altel network, uh, what does that what does that mean as far as what they consider uh, a monopoly status? Obviously, you've got a Sprint network, you've got a T-Mobile network, and a Singular network here in the state that all operate on the 1900 megahertz band. So it's anything but a monopoly here, but it would take away the ability for someone else to operate on those frequencies. And I don't know what that would mean for someone like a Sprint who is wanting to roam onto the uh, uh, one of the other networks you know, say out here somewhere where they don't have service, but they can roam and what that would mean for the rates for them, roaming rates for the providers, because there would be no other option. So that would be, that would be one, one thing that I would say is, is going to be tough. And I don't know if that's going to allow it to happen. I think there's probably not much concern about the regulators shooting that idea down because the analog spectrum is no longer forced to operate after what beginning of 08 january 08 yeah yeah i think we're, we're under 12 months now so we're right about 12 months at yeah. that point it doesn't make any difference anyways because there's no force mandate to keep it running and you know who knows if they will keep the spectrum running that's totally up to whoever owns that um verizon may keep it running maybe for onstar that's probably the only real uh, reason to keep it going is for the, all the older gm vehicles out there and there's mm -hmm. some older handsets out there that's that will still work. I know I keep an analog phone in the in under the seat of my car, just in case of emergency. But um, I do as well. I do as well. But it's you know that the 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 industry, you know, will consolidate. Uh, later this earlier this week, we had uh, Sirius and XM announce that they were merging. There was rumors about that for at least the past six months, and. By law, they actually can't announce anything, and these rumors are very—it's it, very bad for them because if when these rumors get out, the SEC looks at it very closely because there's a lot of uh, issues with stock trading. So both Altel and Verizon are public companies, and you cannot have any announcements or leaks of this information before an actual deal is announced. So. It, mergers are supposed to be just silent until it's announced, until the whole deal has been inked and it's ready to go for federal evaluation. So mm. just a, as a kind of a side comment about uh, them them merging. So if they are going to merge, you won't hear much about it. Until, and that's what I'm saying, until yep. something comes out from them. Yep. I'm not. I'm not going to spend a lot of, you know. I'm not going to put too much stock into that is actually going to be happening. But there has been a lot going around this week, and you know the rumor mill is uh, is, is runs rampant, especially when you hear something like this. And because it would be so, a very big deal. It's... It absolutely it would. Yeah, 
As for the Verizon TV system, uh, yes, that did start up this week. We're going to be discussing that in the next show. We've got some some great links on on that and some comments on that, so we'll make sure to to hit that in the next show. So thank you very much for writing in because I was we we're going to have to wait until next weekend to talk about that on the show because no one had asked us about it. So appreciate that very much. And finally, we've got a comment here from Art. And Art says, hey, guys, just wanted to say you've got a great podcast and you're turning me into a cell phone junkie. I started my cell phone experience with CenturyTel back in Michigan, then to Alltel, then to Nextel, and now on to Sprint, which is the best service for me. Now I'm looking at some different GSM devices here. I was just given a T-Mobile V188 phone and thinking about maybe going on eBay to purchase a smartphone to play with. Keep up the good work. So thank you, Art, very much for your kind comments. Uh, very much appreciated. Glad you're liking the show. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a cell phone junkie. Everyone has their thing, and, and this just happens to be ours. That's right. So, Well, Joey, that's it. That's all we got for this week. Any other comments or, or things you want to put in here? No, I just want to thank everybody for listening and uh, hope you enjoy the show and keep the questions coming. Yeah, absolutely. We can be reached at thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com or calling the hotline at 602-903-4116, which that information is all in the show notes. So until next time, show number 41 will be next weekend. Uh, We thank you very much for listening, and have a good week. 